Hello and welcome to this message from the river. We hope that this message from Pastor Billy Pate inspires and challenges you towards a greater relationship with Jesus Christ. Now let's join Pastor Billy Pate for another exciting message. You say come to the river. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 26. We're going to be reading a few passages of Scripture. I'm actually going to begin this morning a uh, two-week uh, sermon. Uh, I won't try to do two weeks today. I'll just do one week today. Is that all right? And, uh, and then I'm going to finish up next week. But uh, there's some great things here that the Lord has really laid on my heart for the last several weeks. And I want to begin to just kind of unpack them, unfold them to you, share with you. And as we uh, dig into God's Word here, we're going to see what God begins to open up to us this morning and what He begins to communicate to us through His Word. Let me just take a moment and just say this to you. I'm sure that most of you know this, but for those of you who may not know this, the Word of God is for you now. I said the Word of God is for you today. It works in your life right now. And it's not something that's outdated, it's not something that has passed you by, but it's something that can speak to your life at this very moment. And whatever you're facing in your life, whatever situation you may find yourself in the midst of, let me, know, let, me let you know this morning that God's got a word for you today, and He will speak to you, and He will help you to know what to do in those situations. Again, I want to say this morning, so glad to have everyone here on Friends and Family Day. If you're visiting with us... Let me just say again how much we're glad that you're here. We hope that if you don't have a church family, that you'll make the river your church family, that you'll make it a part of your life and uh, just get involved with us here. We love to have new folks come in and get involved with what God is doing. As I share with you, this message has been on my heart for the last several several weeks, really months, and uh, something that I begin to share with certain uh, groups in the church and things that we have been praying about. Uh, but this morning I want to talk to you, the title of the message is Digging Fresh Wells. Digging Fresh Wells. Wells are something we know a little bit about around here, right, Burt Burnett? Uh, this is an old well place, right? I mean, we got wells everywhere. But we're not talking about digging oil wells, but we are talking about digging some fresh wells spiritually and even in the natural for, for our lives. Things that God can bless us through, get resources and provision to our lives through, and allow Him to begin to do some new things in our hearts and lives. I don't know about you, but for me, I have to have some new things from the Lord from time to time. I mean, I can't live off of what I experienced years ago. i got to have something new in my life from time to time that begins to just stir up some passion in me, stir up some new life in me. We have a God who is always willing to do that if we'll allow Him to do, do that in our lives. I think that probably for many of us today, we find ourselves uh, in a season of our lives that things may not be going well, things may be difficult for you, you may be facing some challenges, some situations that seem overwhelming to you. Let me just encourage you this morning. God has provision for you. He has the things that you need. And so as we talk about digging wells this morning, understand that God is trying to get some things into your life. He's trying to get some resources to you. And so we want to prepare the place for Him to do just that. We find ourselves oftentimes inundated with challenges, losses, heartaches, difficulties. The wells of His abundant life get stopped up with the busyness of this physical life. And before long we find ourselves worn out, disheartened, and discouraged. Has anybody ever found themselves running on empty in life a little bit? 
struggling to really connect and find that drive and that passion that you need. Maybe, maybe in the past you've been on fire for the Lord and you've been stirred up about God and doing great things for the kingdom, but over time some losses, some heartaches, some difficulties have come and hit you right between the eyes and you find yourself a little disheartened, a little discouraged today. Well, let me encourage you that God wants to dig a fresh well in your life and begin to stir up some of those things that have gotten misplaced. He wants to clean out some things. This morning I want to challenge you to dig some fresh wells both spiritually and naturally for the blessing of God to go. So will you help me pray as I prepare to preach to you digging fresh wells. Father, we invite your presence into this house this morning in a new and fresh way, God. We ask that you would impact and touch each and every person that's here. We ask that God, not a single person would come into this house today, Lord, and leave the same way that they came in. But each of us, impacted by your presence and your grace, so freely available to us and so richly flowing from heaven, God. Let it come and surround us this morning. We ask your spirit to touch us in a new way. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Let's go uh, get to this today and we'll see what God unfolds before us this morning in his word. Just to set up the text a little bit, Abraham, we all know the story of Abraham, a great man of God who faithfully followed the Lord, but he has passed away now. And now Isaac has kind of taken over the uh, patriarchal position uh, for the nation of Israel. And so that's where we pick up our text here in Genesis chapter 26, beginning in verse 1. If you'll look with me, it says, There was a famine in the land, besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines, in Gerar. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. It says here in the text in verse 1 that there was a famine in the land. This is not the famine that happened in Abraham's time. When Abraham was living, there was a famine that had uh, plagued him, and he went down to Egypt. Well, Isaac, being uh, the son of Abraham and watching God work through his life, he's now going through a famine in the land in his own lifetime. He's experiencing this in his own uh, place and time. And so the first obstacle now we see is presenting itself in verse 1. Oftentimes we see... When we receive the mantle of leadership or the responsibility, the testing of the mantle of the man is not far behind. Let me say that again. Oftentimes when we receive the mantle of leadership, now we've seen this mantle shift. Abraham was the patriarch. He was in charge. He was the, the, the go-to guy for God. And now he's passed away. And now that mantle of leadership has shifted over to Isaac. And now he is carrying that weight or that responsibility of the leadership as the patriarch of Israel. Oftentimes when we feel that shift of responsibility, that mantle of leadership fall upon us, listen, not far behind that will be a testing of that man or testing of that woman to see if they are able to really carry the responsibility now that has shifted to them. It's disappointing to me and discouraging to all of us probably in this place from time to time that when that mantle of leadership is shifted over to someone, they don't have what it takes to really carry it. They don't have what it takes to really... Uh, grab hold of what God is trying to do in their life and allow them to be responsible for and take that. We see in verse 1 that there is a famine in the land. The mantle of spiritual leadership has now fallen squarely upon uh, Isaac. And I would say to you that in the verse of Scripture, just like there was a famine in the land during Isaac's time, there is a famine in the land today in our time. 
There's a famine in our land. No, it's not about food. It's not about lacking supplies. It's not about resources. It's about a spiritual famine that is lacking in our world today. There is a spiritual neglect taking place in our country today. A spiritual neglect taking place in the lives of individuals today. Amen? The mantle of leadership has now fallen squarely upon the church. And the testing of the church is probably not far behind. Are we going to rise up to the challenge and be what God has called us to be? Or will we simply be pressed and and overthrown by the pressure that we experience? No longer, I believe, no longer can we expect the people or the government to do the right thing on their own. I'm not trying to be negative. I'm not trying to be discouraging this morning. What I'm trying to do is help us to understand our position in today's times. I don't think that we can just count on people to do the right thing on their own. I don't think we can count on the government just to do the right thing on their own. But what I do believe is that the mantle of leadership is now falling on the church. And I believe that it is the church's responsibility to stand up and voice what is right, to declare what is right, and to stand for what is right. Somebody in the house say amen. The testing of the metal of the church is underway. How will we respond to the challenges that await us? Will we arise in the power of the Lord or will we retreat into darkness? And I think that's a great question to ask ourselves. One that we need to ask ourselves as individuals. Will I arise to the challenge that awaits me in my life on a personal level? Will I arise to the challenges that meet me in the church Will I arise to the challenges that I face throughout every avenue of my life or will I simply retreat into darkness and just say, okay, it is what it is. I don't think that that's what God intends for the church to do. And so my first point this morning is this, that we have to respond to challenges with total confidence and trust in God. How will you respond to famine in your own life? When you find yourself lacking when you find yourself uh, in need, when you find yourself not connecting spiritually with the Lord, because no matter who you are in Christ Jesus, there's going to be times in your life when you don't feel that connection with God. And how will you respond in those moments? Will you simply accept the conditions or will you say, I'm not going to accept the conditions and I'm going to continue to pursue my God and pursue the provision that he promises me through his word? Isaac's initial go-to move is to do exactly what his father had done. It's not necessarily a bad thing to do, but not necessarily the right thing to do. Isaac, the Bible tells us, is headed to Egypt too. That's what dad did when things got tough in, uh, in, in Israel, when things got tough in the land that he was living, he went to Egypt. And so Isaac sees the same conditions plaguing him, and so he t- tries to do the same thing that his father did. I think many of us, and we were praying this morning, and one of the things that just kept coming up is the fact that many of us are trying to live off what the past generation did. My parents were close to the Lord, and so I'm just living off of their relationship with God. My parents had created an avenue for me to connect with God. They have created an atmosphere in church for me to dwell in, and I'm just going to live off what they did. You know what? As a generation, we can't live off what the former generation did. We've got to make our own way. We've got to do our own thing and we've got to follow God in the way that he desires for us to follow him for today. Amen. He's headed to Egypt. The Bible tells us that he goes through Gerar and King Abimelech to get there. 
I think that probably, like most of us, Isaac initially, when he sees the famine taking place and he sees the things happening around him, he simply does what all of us tend to do. We look to the world to fix the need. He knew that Egypt was a place of supply, a place that was organized, a place that had plenty. And so he's looking to the world system to meet his need. He goes through King Abimelech, the world's constituency, if you will, to see his needs met. But let me say to you this morning, God has not set his people dependent upon the world system or the world's constituency to get their needs met. He has a system all his own and it transcends what this world has to offer you. And if you'll plug into him and get connected to what he's trying to do in your life, there's no no dependence upon what this world has to offer. He'll meet the need in spite of the conditions around you. Somebody say amen. God says to him in verse 2, Don't go to Egypt. Rather, live in the land which I shall tell you. If you have your Bibles and you write in your Bibles, underline, live in the land which I shall tell you. Which land are you living in this morning? Which land are you living in? Are you going to live where God plants you and trust Him to provide for you or are you going to look for the world system or the world's people to meet your needs? Live in the land that God has put out for you. God has created a place for you to dwell. God has created a garden, if you will, where the blessings of God will flow into your life and every need that you have, He can meet in that area. He will put you in a place of influence. He will put you in a place where where everything that you need is contained in that area. That's the land that He chooses you to dwell in. And so my job, my part, is finding out exactly what God wants me to do and then living and dwelling in the land that He plants me in. Many of us can't get connected to God's provision in our life because we're too busy going out looking for us, for ourselves to meet our needs or for someone else to meet our needs instead of simply waiting and trusting on the Lord to do just that. That's good preaching this morning. We tend to move on and we tend to go ahead of Him or get ahead of God and not let God work it out for us. Dwell in the land that He has created for you to dwell in. He'll tell you where to go. And for this season of time, He will meet the needs that you have if you will simply do what God's asking you to do. You can look to the world to meet your need. You can look to people to meet your need. But I'm saying to you this morning, the better bet is God. God's a better bet than anybody else. He's a better one to meet your need and work out the situations of life. And He'll take care of you if you'll trust Him. We have to respond to the challenges uh, that we face with total confidence and trust in God. I have to say, God, I know that I may not see what I need before me. I may not see how you're going to work this out. But I trust you and I know that you have it all under control. And I'm looking to you to fix my situation and my problems. Trust God. Lean on Him. Rely on Him. Believe that He will work it out for you. All of us are guilty of immediately when we come into a crisis, we start going, scrambling, and trying to work it out and figure it out and fix it for ourselves. And we never give God an opportunity to work most of the time. Agree? We need to wait on Him and trust Him and let Him work it out for us. Because He'll work it out better And more right than we could ever do on our own or with someone else's help. He is your provision and He is your supply. 
He is your provision and He is your supply. It's not your job. It's not your neighbor. It's not your, your, your parents. It's not anybody else. It is God who is your supply and He is your provision and He alone is that. He has prepared a land for you to dwell in for this season. So live in that land. Verse 2 says this. It says, The Lord appeared to him and said, We have to learn how to seek after God And he will show up in the circumstances that we're in. If we will learn to trust him and rely on him and wait on him, I promise you he will show up in the midst of your circumstance every single time. He is the great communicator. He is the great initiator. He is the one that will initiate things in your life and make things move for you. He is the one who will speak to you if you will listen to him and bend an ear toward him. He is trying to work in your life if you'll allow him to do that. Be still, wait on him, and allow God to work and show up in the circumstances that you're currently in. Let's move on to verse 3 this morning. It says, dwell in this land. Again, we see the, the redundancy of that again showing up again. He's saying, look, I've built you a land. I want you to dwell in this land. And I will be with you. I will bless you. For to you and your descendants, I will give all of these lands. And I will perform the oath which I swore to, your, to Abraham, your father. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven. I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. Because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my laws, so Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Isaac had the ability to hear from God. He had the ability to hear what God was saying to him in that moment. Now, he had already set his mind that he was headed to Egypt. The Bible says he went to Gerar and God showed up in his circumstance. God began to speak to him. And when God spoke to him, he listened to what God had to say. God says to Isaac, look, I have prepared for you a land. And if you will just dwell in it, here's what I'm going to do for you. It's a pretty good deal when you think about it that God is putting before you. God says to us, look, I'll prepare if you'll dwell. Now, I know some of you. And a lot of you are very good dwellers. I mean, when it comes to sitting and dwelling, you have got it down pat. Amen? You know that. And so what God's saying here is, look, if you will dwell, I'll work it out for you. Go where I'm sending you. Stay where I'm telling you. And do what I'm asking you to do. And in the midst of that, I will begin to bless it and cause things to go good in your life. Point number two is this. Receiving the provision of God is not difficult. Receiving the provision of God is not difficult. Well, Pastor, I I, I have such a hard time. Yeah, we make everything complicated. We make serving the Lord very difficult. We make it about regiments and routines. We make it about this thing and that thing. And when the truth is, it's all about just loving Him. It's all about serving Him. It's about doing what He asks us to do, when He asks us to do it. And if we'll just do those simple things and dwell and live and do the things that God is calling us to do, then He will bless and work in our lives. Well, if I could just get over this hurdle in my life and if I could just change this about my personality and if I could just fix this this mistake that I keep having over and over again. Listen, God's not concerned about any of that junk. 
He's not worried about any of that stuff. What he's worried about is just your heart for him. And if you love him and you're truly trying to serve him, he don't care about all that other stuff. He'll work that stuff out too. Rely on him and trust in him. Receiving the provision of God is not difficult. It's not rocket science. It's not something that we have to go to seminary to understand. It is a matter of waiting and trusting in him. Now, I say it's not hard to understand. It's just hard to do sometimes because I don't know about you, but I have a terrible... Waiting is not my forte. I'm not a waiter, so to speak. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm a mover. I want to see things happen and I want to see things done. And so this waiting is completely opposite of my personality and who I am. And so I have to put that stuff under the blood, under, get my flesh out of the way, get my, myself out of my own way, and allow God to work in my life. It is a matter for us of not interfering with what God's trying to do in us. How many of you in here, don't raise your hands. How many of you in here have a terrible uh, time of just interfering with what God's already trying to do in your life? Most of us do. Let me give you some examples. My kids aren't, let's just say, my kids aren't saved. Some of you here have lost children. And many of you have been praying and asking God to touch those children. But every time God gets close to bringing them in, and every time God starts to work in their life, you start jumping in there, start trying to help God in the process, interfering with it all, and it just creates distance. God's about to try to do some things in your life. You're struggling financially. And every time God gets close to doing something in your life to bring about a blessing, you change jobs or you change situations, and you're, you're doing this and you're looking here and there, and you're not waiting and trusting in God. God doesn't, it doesn't matter where you are or what the circumstances surrounding you are, God can bless in the midst of it all. And he can work with whatever he's got to work with. He doesn't really need anything to work with. Get out of the way and he will work. Now listen, don't let me mislead you this morning because Isaac wasn't just sitting around not doing anything. Isaac wasn't just sitting and when we say dwell, I don't mean that he was just sitting. And not doing anything and saying, oh God, work it out for me. I'm just going to sit here and drink, drink tea on the front porch and everything's going to work out fine for me. No, that's not what I'm saying. Isaac was still taking care of sheep. He was still taking care of the livestock God had given him. He was managing his servants and his household. He was doing the things that God had entrusted into his care and doing the things that God had given him to do and being faithful with what God had given him to be faithful with. How does that apply to you? Here's how it applies. It applies like this because we as people have to dwell in the area that God has given us. What has God entrusted into your care? You be faithful with what God has given you and he will bless it and he will cause it to produce good things in your life. How do I, what do I mean? Well, when you go to work, don't be late for work. Go to work on time. Be faithful when you're at work. Do the things right that you're supposed to do and God can bless that. Take care of your responsibilities. Take care of what God has given you and shown you to be faithful with. Be faithful with that stuff. Continue to, to do things right and God will bless it and give you promotion after promotion after promotion and he will continue to bless you in that realm. The problem with us, I feel like I'm preaching to myself this morning a little bit. The problem with us is that sometimes our attitude just get in the way of God blessing us. I don't like this job. 
I think it's stupid that I have to do this part of this job or that part of this job. I remember, I've told this story before, but I'll tell it to tell you again. I was working at the clinic, and I did not want to work at the clinic. That was not my calling. That's not what God told me to do. And so as a young man, I'm thinking, God, I do not want to work here. This is not what you have destined me to do. I know I'm supposed to be preaching, and I'm supposed to be uh, working at a church. And so the doors hadn't opened up for me. And so one of my jobs there at the clinic was to go around and dump 40 trash cans. I mean, they were just everywhere, all over this big complex. And so one day I was just going through there and I was dumping those trash cans and I was just griping away. This is ridiculous. I can't believe that I can't get to where I want to be and do what God's called me to do and all of this other stuff. And I'm taking the trash and hauling it to the dumpster. And right when I got ready to throw it in the dumpster, God spoke to me clear as a bell. And he said, you will dump trash until you learn how to do it with the right attitude. Uh (laughs) Now that's the way he talks to me. He's probably a lot kinder to you guys. But he talks to me like that. He said, you're going to dump trash until you know how to do it with the right attitude. And I stopped at that moment, repented of my sorry attitude and said, God, I'm going to do this from now on as unto you. I'm going to dump trash the best that it can be dumped. And I'm going to do it to honor you in everything that I do. And in three months, I was in a church as a full-time youth pastor. Within three months. God can change things just like that in your life. If you will adjust your attitude, focus on Him, and wait on Him. It was not right timing for me. I had to change some stuff. And God began to work those things out. And in just a short time, God does things, and when He does do them, He does them suddenly. But it seems like it takes a long time to get to that suddenly moment. Amen. Isaac was doing the things that had been entrusted into his care and he was being faithful with them. God was the one who gave Isaac the increase. Now listen, God says this. He says, if you will dwell in the land, I'm going to do these four things for you. And So if you're underlining, then underline these. He says, I will bless you. This is what God says to Isaac in verse, verse 3 through 6. He says, I'm going to bless you. Let me say this. God is with you this morning. God's with you. He's not abandoned you. He's not walked away from your situation. You say, well, I, may not, I don't feel him right now. That's okay. He's still with you. You've got to trust that. You've got to believe that. And you've got to rely on that truth that God is with you. He says the second thing. He says, I'm going to bless you. Where is God trying to bless you in your life? Where is God trying to bless you? God was trying to bless me in my attitude. He was trying to fix some stuff there that was going to be a hindrance to me in the future. And so he was trying to bless me in that area. Through that, I could tell you story after story of God's provision in my life during that time. It's amazing what God has done. God blessed us financially in the midst of when there was layoffs and all kinds of stuff going on. God blessed us in the middle of that, gave me a promotion, gave me more money, and all kinds of things happened as as God began to work that out, all because (laughs) I changed my way I was thinking and I trusted him. Where is God trying to bless you? The third thing he says he'll do, he says, I'll increase you. He says, I'm going to bless you and your descendants and all these lands, and I'll perform an oath which I swore to your your father Abraham. He's trying to increase you. What does God want to expand in your life? Where does God want to increase your influence in? Where does God want to increase uh, your your reach and and the things that you have under your, your authority? Where is God trying to give you more things to be faithful with? And the last thing he says to him is, I will keep my promises to you. 
God is keeping His promises to you. God is keeping His promises to you. If we're not experiencing the promises of God, it's not a God issue. It's, a, it's our issue. We've got something in the way there, and we need to see it happen. See it moved out of our lives so that God can bless. The same promises He made Abraham, He made also to Abraham's descendants. Galatians 3, 7 says this, Therefore know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. So what does that mean? The promises that He made to Abraham are still made to us today. They're transferable. I can receive them. Let's go on to verse 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper and continued prospering until he became very prosperous. For he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herds and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. The last point I want to make this morning is God's provision does not depend on the world's supply. There is a famine in the land, but Isaac is reaping a hundredfold harvest in the midst of that famine. Does that strike anybody else as awesome and as God's intervention in the life of this man? Everybody else starving. Everybody else is doing without. And it says here in this verse that Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year. And not only did he reap, he reaped a hundredfold from what he sowed. And the Lord blessed him. We serve a God who creates out of nothing. We serve a God who creates out of nothing. And that is such a profound thought when you think about us as creators, as even imitating God. When we create anything, we have to have materials. We have to pull from this resource and that resource. We have to have some stuff to work with. God doesn't need anything to work with. He can take thin air and begin to call things forth out of that thin air. You can say, Lord, I don't know how in the world you could bless in the job that I'm at right now. Listen, you don't see the things that God sees. You don't know what God's trying to do. And He can create out of nothing if you'll allow him to do that in your life. There is no limits to him. He is a limitless God. You can be blessed and prosperous in the midst of famine that surrounds you. So let me just say this to you this morning. Be encouraged today. Forget about what the stock market does. Forget about what Fox News may be saying about our current situation. Forget about the junk you read on the internet. Listen, we don't live by the world's economy. We live by God's economy and it is over and above and abundantly more than what we could ever dream or imagine. God will bless you in the midst of famine. I believe that God is trying to do something in the church in these last days and He's trying to send resources in. Verse 13 says this, The man began to prosper, and he continued prospering until he became very prosperous. I like that terminology there. I like the redundancy of that verse. God says you can prosper, and I'm going to make sure that you continue to prosper until you become very prosperous. That is a promise for you and for me today. Can I say that an Isaac harvest is coming to the church and into your life if you will simply get out of the way and allow God to let it flow into you. What do I mean by Isaac Harvest? That you will sow and you will reap in the same year a hundredfold. God wants to prosper you, continue to prosper you, and make you very prosperous. It's not all about money. It's about other things. Because my life's not prosperous. I could be the richest guy in the world. But if I don't have good relationships, 
If I don't have a good spiritual relationship with God and I don't feel Him working in my life, then all that other stuff doesn't mean anything. This is not just about material blessings. It's about all the things that we need as people, the wholeness that we are promised in Christ Jesus this morning. So if you're lacking in any area of your life, let me just say God is your supply. God is your provision. You say, Pastor, there's, there's more to life than what I'm experiencing. Yes, God has that more that you're looking for. If you need financial uh, touch in your life, because many of us are struggling to find work and finding enough work and, and all of those things that are happening we hear about. Listen, God will take care of all that stuff too. But he's concerned about the whole person, not just part. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as I begin to wrap this up this morning, the latter part of verse 14 says this, that the Philistines envied him. God is blessing his church in these latter days because he is trying to raise the awareness of the world around you. God is going to bless his church and transfer wealth and blessings into the church so that he can raise the awareness of your enemies to you. He can make sure that the lost see that the blessing of the Lord rests upon his people and they are shining brightly in this dark times that we're facing. The, in, the Philistines envied him. They took notice of what God was doing in his life. God says over and over that he has blessed you so that you could be a blessing. Who are we to bless? We're to bless those who don't know Christ, those who don't have what they need. And so God's trying to get provision into your life, but it's not just for you. It's so that you can in turn be a blessing to others and cause them to take notice of what God has done in your life. So as Jennifer begins to play softly, with every head bowed and every eye closed, let me ask you a few questions this morning. Are you responding to the challenges you are facing with confidence and trust in God? Are you choosing to live instead fearfully before God? There's no room for fear in the life of the Christian. And so if fear has got a hold of you, you're afraid of how you're going to take care of this situation and that situation, listen, you need to shift that to trust and confidence in the Lord and let Him build that inside your life. Are you receiving the provision of God Or are you making it a complicated, difficult process by trying to do God's part instead of just doing the part that he's entrusted you with? Are you focused on the world system and the people of the world to meet your needs? Or are you relying and trusting in an everlasting, eternal God? God wants to work in you. God wants to bless you. And God wants to cause this world to take notice of who He is and what He can do through your life. So with every head bowed across this place today, if you're here this morning and you say, Pastor, I'm struggling with fear. I I watch the things on TV and I have kids at home and I'm worried about their future. I I don't know what to do in my own life. I I see the bills coming in and And I'm just overwhelmed right now with fear. Maybe you're waiting on some test results to come back from the doctor. And you don't know what that's going to say. Fear is gripping your heart this morning. The Word of God tells us that God's not given us a spirit of fear. 
but of power and love and a sound mind. And so if that's you this morning, you're struggling with fear and you need to trust and have confidence in the Lord, would you come find a place to pray in these altars? The altars are open this morning. Amen. I believe there's a lot of people that's struggling in that area. And if you would just be so bold today to take a step of faith, let God touch you. Let God begin to meet you here. and Let God begin to shift that fear into faith and mold it into something that you can use. Would there be others that say, that's me. I'm struggling with fear this morning and I need God to help me. Maybe you're here and you're saying, I just need help trusting the Lord. Every time God begins to move in my life, I start getting in the way. And I've seen this pattern over and over and over and over again and it's not getting me anywhere because I keep interfering with what God's trying to do in my life. Do you need help trusting God today? If you do, come on. Come to the altar. Spend some time before the Lord on your knees and ask God to just help you to put your trust and confidence in Him. Would you come? Would you come? And lastly, if you're here and you don't know the Lord as your Savior, you've been running from God, or maybe you've served the Lord in the past, but you're not serving Him today. You need to make things right with God. Maybe you've let your relationship with Him just kind of grow cold. And it's time to reheat that. Rekindle that fire that you once had with God. Either way, if that's you, would you come? Would you find you a place to pray and let God change your life this morning? You can't make it without Him. You'll struggle. You'll eke through life. And you'll never be satisfied and never have the hope and confidence that you need without Him. Are you here and don't have a relationship with the Lord and would like to commit your life to Him? Would you come find a place to pray this morning in the altar? Somebody will meet you here, pray with you, and lead you through to salvation. Would you come? We hope you have enjoyed and been encouraged by this message. We would love for you to join us at the river on Sunday mornings at 9.45 for Sunday school and at 10.30 for morning worship. We also provide our midweek service for all ages on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you would like to support the various ministries at the river, please go to our giving tab. We would love for you to visit us at 1110 South Preston Street in Burt Texas. And as always, we encourage you to come experience life with us at the river. Till I found myself face down on your shore. You say, Come to the river.